Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 85 of Joe's Tango Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Joe Yang, and as always, I want to welcome all the newcomers out there. Thanks for finding us and hope you stick around. Okay, we have another fun show for you. My guest today was born in Iran, but grew up in Africa and Russia. For quite a while, she was based in Portland, Oregon, where she taught regular tango classes and workshops. She is now based in L.A., and not only is she a tango instructor, but she's also an accomplished visual artist. We're going to hear about how she combines movement and art, as well as some other exciting new tango projects. And with me now is Yelizaveta Nersesova. Yelizaveta, thanks so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's great to be talking to you. Thanks for having me. It's a real treat. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, Elisaveta, how did you fall in love with tango? Well, my story with tango begins, like so many other stories I've heard, with a heartbreak and going through some difficult emotional times. And I just had friends who were committed to not allowing me to stay at home and be depressed. Mm-hmm. So I got asked to just join people to go to Milongas. Uh, this was back in Dallas, Texas in 2009. And, you know, that's kind of how I got introduced to tango. But, you know, it took a while for it to take root and capture my imagination. But it all started kind of with the benevolent intention of my friends <laughs> not mm-hmm. to leave me behind. So, mm-hmm. What was your first tango lesson like? It was quite a terrifying experience. I had been invited to do some private lessons with a friend who was taking classes. So those those were kind of like my first learning tango experiences. But I think the, the most prominent in my memory is a lesson that I attended at UT Southwestern. At the time, it was taught by Nasreen Barmaki, who's a wonderful dancer in Dallas. And she was my her and her partner Hassan were my first teachers and Hmm. I went to that first class wearing fishnet stockings and ballroom shoes (laughs) and I was so mortified because I didn't really know how to walk in heels I was very clumsy I had very low self-esteem I Hmm. could barely look at myself in the mirror And here I was kind of just in this state of doing this bizarre thing where one person does this and I'm supposed to do that. And it was this smorgasbord of like not really knowing what exactly is happening and feeling completely out of comfort zone to the nth degree. Like it was it it was kind of traumatic. But yeah, it kind of for some reason it's something I, I don't know whether it's because. I kind of had a natural ability of some kind that something sparked in that way. There was a certain mm-hmm. sensitivity because I, there, it wasn't like I liked the music. I didn't understand the music. It, I preferred, mm-hmm. you know, alternative music. And it wasn't, it wasn't really the dance itself because I couldn't really see what it was. At Milongas, it was more like I'm seeing a bunch of people shuffling their feet around. I don't understand what the big deal is. Um, mm-hmm. So, but there, there was something there that kind of caught me, caught my attention mm-hmm. enough that I continued. It's great that you didn't, that you didn't run away from this. You stuck with it. When did it start coming together for you? 
Well, you know, I think this kind of experience with tango and with other things that I've done has happened to me quite a bit where there's, mm-hmm. there's something that strikes my interest, but I'm extremely intimidated by it and scared of it. And it seems like it's impossible in every, every way. So why do it? Right. And then, and then I just kind of stick with it. I don't know, like I'm just on the sidelines kind of watching, trying to figure it out. And then Mm-hmm. There's a moment of give, some something gives, something sparks the mm-hmm. beginning, the official beginning of the understanding. And so I think that I was going to these classes at UT Southwestern. I went maybe two or three times, and for whatever reason, it was coming to me pretty easily without me really knowing what I was doing. But there was this, mm-hmm. there was definitely something that I was learning. There was like already some sort of a path. If I could understand this simple principle, then the next week that Mm -hmm. was something I already had. So something else was added on. So there was somewhat of a feeling of getting better at something, you know, early on. But then my, so the teachers, Nasreen and Hassan, they, for whatever reason at the time, saw my potential and they asked me to come to their to their advanced class and I had been, mm. you know, doing it for like a couple of weeks or something. And, and I think that that moment of like, they want me to come to an advanced class. What? And there was some, in, there was something intriguing and in, that sparked my imagination, I guess, that it was like, wait a second, something's here. Obviously these people want me to come to their advanced class. So it gave me a little bit of like a self self-esteem boost, you know, which I, yeah. I felt like I really needed, I really needed some sort of validation from some authority mm-hmm. that, that could say that I'm good at something, you know? And uh, so there was the, the, the emotional need that, that was being fulfilled right away as well. Mm-hmm. And so I came to their advanced class and from then on I was on a path, like it just kind of mm. started taking over and it, and it came in spurts, you know, it would take over right. my consciousness for, a number of weeks and I and I'd be really in it and then I would be out of it for a couple of weeks and mm-hmm. I think everything like I said like everything I've done whether it's tango or yoga or art mm-hmm. everything kind of has that same experience for me where it's like at first there's nothing then there's this burst of oh my god this is the most amazing thing I'm learning so much and then there's mm-hmm. this tapering off for a while and mm-hmm. then there's another wave and and so it took a while for tango to become like what it is for me now. I think it mm-hmm. took several cycles a year of like being in and out of it. So, but it's kind of like, you know, other things in life, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. and there's different phases. I think mm-hmm. tango is an interesting organism, I would say, because mm-hmm. it has all these different dimensions to it. You know, at first I got into tango because it really satisfied very basic needs of being with people, not being alone or mm-hmm. feeling good about myself or just having something to do, a social thing. And then it became about, oh, there's this task of being good at following, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then there's this technique and then there's embellishments. And so it became more about the form, you know, and then, then it moves on to other things like you know, wanting to lead and then the musicality mm-hmm. and then you got to go to Buenos Aires and then you got to, <laughs> you know, there's all these like sides of tango yeah. that are equally rich 
for, mm-hmm. you know, different phases of your life. And I feel like I've lived through several lifetimes within tango and died mm-hmm. painful deaths and resurrected in other ways. And <laughs> yeah. my interest in tango just keeps spin- spinning in these all of these mm-hmm. different directions. So it's kind of a fascinating thing to watch. Yeah, yeah. So as you were traveling deeper and deeper into this tango rabbit hole, what's some really good or some memorable advice that you've gotten from from your own teachers that have helped push your dancing forward? I've been thinking about this particular question a lot because I've asked that question of other people. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in my in my digging in the rabbit hole, that was a constant thing I was looking for because gradually I, I kind of noticed that there were two major streams within tango and and they are pretty common streams that exist in other uh, fields like I, I refer to yoga a lot because I I've taught yoga for many years and I've been practicing mm-hmm. yoga and I've been interested in yoga in the same way I've been interested in tango and I kind of compare the two and how they're developing and how people are interpreting them because they're both systems of movement that developed as part of a daily life, you know, but, you know, has different intentions. So, so I'm always asking that question, like, what is the, what is the best advice to, mm-hmm. to do this thing called tango and, and what is tango really, you know, mm-hmm. what, so the two streams I've noticed for myself that I experienced in the last 10 years has been that there's this stream towards perfection of the form of tango mm-hmm. and grasping almost like a metaphysical realm of tango, some sort of pure art form Mm -hmm. that has a standard that needs to be codified, that needs to be recorded and preserved and displayed and written into history. And so you have a lot of dancers taking that path of innovating the form and defining it a certain way. Mm -hmm. And they come up with their own views of what tango should be and how to approach it, how to study it. You know, you go to Buenos Aires, people tell you it's all about, you know, the the soul of tango, that there's some sort of like metaphysical, spiritual realm of tango (laughs) Mm -hmm. that is discovered through steeping yourself in the culture and being in Buenos Aires and being in the milongas, Mm -hmm. you know, and I and I followed that advice and I and I went that path and I've been to Buenos Aires three times one of which I stayed there for six and a half months. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, yes, I'm going to take this on. I'm, I'm going to follow through. And, and then there's this other, I, I started finding that there's this other stream mm-hmm. of tango, which has nothing to do with the visible part. And it's just this rich culture of people who don't necessarily belong to Buenos Aires. They're all over the world. Mm-hmm who somehow grasp this thing that is beyond tango, that is more about like, wow, this thing is so beautiful and through it, I can express myself and I can go do these other things and I can connect with people all over the world. And, you know, and they they don't necessarily care about the form and they don't look maybe that good on the dance floor. And they might not even like have a lot of performances or be invited to the biggest festivals, but when I look on the dance floor, they're the ones who are having the most fun and they're laughing. They're, they're actually smiling, you know, <laughs> which is like so rare mm-hmm. that you, you know, a person like Oscar Casas, who I saw in Buenos Aires yeah. the, when I went there and I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there at the Milonga completely just in awe of the fact that I am in Buenos Aires and I'm here in this, in this Mecca and I'm watching all the couples. And here is this one 
person in the middle of the dance floor laughing <laughs> as he's dancing. And I, and I was like, I'd never seen that to me. It, he was like a renegade. Like, what mm -hmm. are you, you're laughing? Yeah. And so I, I started really paying attention to these other, this other stream of tango that's taking place outside of people's consciousness, outside of the stage, and the advice that those people started giving me or the mm -hmm. advice that I was hearing had nothing to do with tango itself. Mm -hmm. And it had so much more to do with developing of myself as a person. Mm. So it, it had to do with me tapping into my own creative power, mm -hmm. you know, and things that stuck with me was not about like, oh, make sure you take on this school of thought and you follow, you know, you learn all the music, you know, all of your orchestras, you practice your ochos every day, mm -hmm. you know, it, it had nothing to do with the form. It always had to do with like, you know, there are no transitions. Mm -hmm. You have to be present throughout the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's all about ground. It's all about embodying the moment, being with your partner. And, and all of this advice is one for one matches the advice eventually that I kept from my studies of yoga as well mm. it was the same kind of realization mm -hmm. you know there's these two schools of thought in yoga where like there's the yoga that's like you got to go to india to really know what yoga is yeah. and then there's the yoga that's like practiced by somebody who's 98 and they just n notice that when they do it for 30 years they feel healthy so they keep doing it mm -hmm. so so there's this the more t the more i took on the approach that tango is something it's it's a tool it's it's malleable it's it's this energy that i can fashion myself that i can let go of anything that does not serve me you know and i and i can i can really mold it to what i want because i was seeing all these other people molding it to what they wanted mm -hmm. how come everybody you know one of the instructions when i first was taking tango would be something like oh you know you're not supposed to turn your knees out like this or you're not supposed to move your arms like that mm. and then I would see a person dancing on a stage somewhere and they're doing that same exact thing yeah. like that they're I was told not to do and I'm like what the what the hell <laughs> why why am I mm -hmm. you know so then I realized like okay you got to look to something different you got to something is different here mm -hmm. you know and and the permission I think the the courage of a lot of the dancers that and I've come to to know over the years, dancers are not, they're not really dancing the spotlight, but they're doing a huge service to the community by dancing socially, by teaching social mm -hmm. forms of tango that are not, you know, so tied up with like floral articulation of tango right. with all the boleas and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like those are the people that I really ended up gravitating towards. And the, all the advice was always has to do with, with the development of myself as a person. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a little bit about this, you know, I, I, I wrote a blog while I was in Buenos Aires and the most, you know, the most memorable advice, I feel like if I were to pigeonhole just one phrase that's really was profound mm -hmm. is that is, was a lesson, a private lesson with Oscar Casas where he spent the whole hour, you know, going over the, the technique and then the principles and whatever turn mm -hmm. we were learning. I don't even remember what the focus was, but at the right. very, very end, right before we were done and he had me go through the movement and he's like, all right, now I want you to imagine that you are a tiger. <laughs> and that was it. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, 
I, it was such a profound statement because it gave me what he was trying to com- communicate to me in terms of attitude, mm-hmm. you know, and he was like, imagine you're a tiger and you're now climbing and you're, you know, you're walking, you're, you're moving mm-hmm. like a tiger. And I, I took that and I think I got about three years of, of material out of that, <laughs> just like dwelling on that concept, mm-hmm. you know. So I always love, you know, advice like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what sticks with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With Oscar and also with some other, other teachers, it, what, I, what I appreciated <clears throat> was, you know, th- there wasn't this rigid mindset that, they, that you had to adopt. They were, they kind of invited you to open and to explore. And uh, I thought that was really useful. Definitely, definitely. And it's so exciting. It's so much, I think it's so much more exciting to me when there's permission to to go beyond what's considered classical or conventional, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it takes a teacher to give that permission to the student, I think, because when this, I know that when I was coming into tango, people come into tango with this attitude of like, I don't know anything, the teacher knows everything, right. you know, mm-hmm. and the reality is, and, and this is what the I feel for me, tango is, is this superior form of movement is the strength of it is that it's not something that somebody knows that somebody else learns from that person. Mm-hmm. It is something that is yours already. Yeah. It's your body walking and you're discovering what you already know. Mm-hmm. And once once I allowed myself to feel that way mm-hmm. and once I started teaching from that perspective, mm-hmm. you know, of letting go of that like I'm not coming in to tell you how to do an ocho. I'm here to make you aware mm-hmm of that your spine wants to move in that way and the ocho is just the result of proper fun body mechanics mm. like once you take that it's like oh my gosh well then take that and do what you will with it mm-hmm. and i think that's what is such a profound part of tango and that's also what is will make tango very successful and because it can be translated into different settings mm. that's mm-hmm. its strength right yeah. it doesn't have to exist in this specific way it can be adapted to different communities to different levels it can be danced by people with disabilities with prosthetic limbs mm-hmm. and wheelchairs in with parkinson's right. you know it, it's amazing what what other dance form can you say that for right. it's it's really there's nothing out there like that mm-hmm. so it's pretty spectacular yeah yeah absolutely yeah so kind of related to to that what's uh, it related to growth rather so uh, what's a what's a bad tango habit that you used to have, and how did you get over it? There are physical bad habits, mm-hmm. and then there are non-physical bad habits. Yeah. <laughs> and physical bad habits, I think, work themselves out as you know. I kind of learned my own rhythm of my body and what to do to make it work better, mm-hmm. so I can dance longer. But the non-physical bad habits, I think, go back to attitude and perspective mm-hmm. of going into milonga and giving over the power of having a good experience mm-hmm. to something other than me mm-hmm. like walking in with an expectation and hope and trepidation that i'm going to get that that awesome sound that that somebody's going to give that to me oh i hope so and so is there because they, with them i'm going to get my fix mm-hmm. And to me, I realized that was a bad habit because I was limiting the possibilities 
of what I could experience in Milonga to this extremely narrow and small number of things. Mm -hmm. I was depending on other people to have a good time. Mm -hmm. And it's still to this day, it's something that I pay attention in myself. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like I've, I, I still struggle with that, that sometimes I'll go and I'm like, oh, I'm having a terrible time <laughs> because so-and-so is not here and so-and-so steps on my foot mm -hmm. and the music sucks. And But, you know, I over time I realized it's all in my power. Right. And if I don't have a good time, it's my stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I became more honest about that, that really led to a very a particular change of behavior mm -hmm. in me that, that I became very committed to. And that is to really learn to, to say no yeah. if you don't want to dance with somebody. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's such a hot topic, you know, and, and people have mm -hmm. a hard time talking about it because there's a lot of judgment and, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of pain about like, oh, being rejected by someone. <laughs> yeah. You know, but seriously, saying no to someone most of the time is such a kindness yes. because because of that energetic, emotional component of tango, if you're dancing with somebody and you're not having a good time, you're hurting that person more, yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're exposing them to your negativity in that moment and all they're trying to do is have a good time. Yeah. So even though it might hurt at first, mm -hmm. if you say no to the other person or you or you receive rejection from someone else. It's like, oh, I'm rejected. Mm. But honestly, it's like you're just curating your experience. You know, I, I'm being responsible for my experience. I am the one invested in my fun. Mm -hmm. So if I don't want to dance with somebody, say no. Yep. And if you want to dance with somebody, say yes. Yep. And, and just that clarity, mm -hmm. I think for me, you know, those two things together, like being aware that it's really my own attitude, that I'm responsible for my emotional state for uh, the attitude that I have and then really committing from then on to say no, if I don't want to dance, yeah. it, it really changed everything for me mm -hmm. in terms of how I perceive tango and, and, and the level of fun I have mm -hmm. for sure. And with that attitude, honestly, I've noticed I can go to Milonga where the music sucks. There are no good dancers. Mm -hmm. You know, the lighting is terrible and I'm going <laughs> to have the greatest time. Yeah. You know, because I don't have an expectation beyond the pure excitement that, oh, my God, isn't this strange? Mm -hmm. We're like all in one room listening to this obscure music from Buenos Aires yeah. from whatever year. Mm -hmm. And and we're like walking together. You know? Right. Like, yeah. This is bizarre. And so let's see what happens. And I've noticed, you know, milongas are kind of like little epic poems or, or little lifetimes. You know, <laughs> I, I love going to Milonga early on mm -hmm. and staying the whole time and, and just watching. Cause each time there's just this, like these waves of energy and people coming in and, you know, everybody's playing a particular role. You have, you know, this person over here who's very flamboyant and always likes to do that. And then there's this introverted person over there. Mm -hmm. and, and somehow we're all like together and we're all, experiencing this thing and there's just such magic around that that is so like if if people knew about this everybody would do, be doing it mm -hmm. it's like it's so fun yeah so to me whatever has been in the way of of really soaking that in you know whatever habits that i've developed or had before mm -hmm. of like 
not feeling good about myself, Mm -hmm. of, of, you know, being afraid of showing who I am, being embarrassed about who I am, you know, Mm -hmm. all these internal things that we struggle so much with, you know, that's been my focus. You know, the physical stuff kind of figured itself out Mm -hmm. after that, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really like what you said about uh, you know us taking response, personal responsibility for having a good time. Because, like you said, if we depend too much on other people or the the DJ or whatever, we're basically putting our happiness in someone else's hands. They have control over that. We don't want them to have control over it. We want to have control over it. Right, right, and and I think it it takes a critical mass of of people. Of, of a number of people doing that in the milonga to turn mm-hmm. the tide of the milonga. Yeah. You know, it's really amazing. It's like if there's a handful of people who have that attitude, mm-hmm. it's kind of contagious. Yeah. And it's impossible not to have a good time. Yeah. So I've kind of like, <laughs> I've got to take it as my, my personal mission sure. to just be of that attitude that I'm going to start up a party wherever I go. Mm-hmm. You know, I just need one other person to be in it with me. And then it's like, all right, we have something going here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's great when you find that person, especially when you're at a at a festival or someplace. And then you, without even having spoken to somebody, you kind of feel that through the connection of the dance. And that's that's always a fun thing. Yeah, and it's, and it's super easy because you're like, you light up and you're like glowing with the neon light. And it's impossible not to attract mm-hmm other people who are of the same mindset you know and it's um and it was and once again and this came to me really not this is not something i decided was good to to believe Mm -hmm. this is something i've noticed over and over and over again that the people with the what i would call the the purest intention of tango which is this like let's just like joy and have fun Mm -hmm. let's let's be together let's have this social thing those people are on the sidelines they're not the ones that you you know that are in the middle of the floor showing off Mm -hmm. they're they're the people who are like the patriarchs the matriarchs Mm -hmm. they're the ones who are volunteering they're the ones who just you know they they might not even dance that much they might just sit there and listen to music and 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 smile and and approve of things you know Mm -hmm. they just they just love the culture of it and those are the people a lot of times that I discover that, you know, when I do get to dance with them, it's like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. where, where have you been? This is so amazing. <laughs> how do you how are you dancing this way? Mm-hmm. And these are people who have never been to Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. It, some of them have taken very few classes. You know, they don't even look like they're dancing tango, but there's something that they've tapped into. Mm-hmm. And and there they are, like mm-hmm. just a complete anomaly. Yeah. And to me, that beca- that's become such a fantastic experience to discover mm-hmm. these people. That you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I gotta go to Buenos Aires. You know, mm-hmm. only Buenos Aires. Or, I gotta go to Berlin. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go to this place or that place to find the perfect conda. I'm mm-hmm. so bored where I am. Mm-hmm. And you know, I used to have that attitude, but eventually, once I took the responsibility that I'm the one responsible for my fun. Mm-hmm then I couldn't get away with saying, oh, I got to go somewhere else, mm-hmm. right? Because w- then I'm being a hypocrite. So I had to like say, okay, what is here? Mm-hmm. Obviously, if I, if I got to follow through on this. I got to find my fun right here. Yeah. And that's what led me to observe that, oh my gosh, these people that nobody expects to be 
you know, that great are really amazing mm-hmm. dancers. And they're just like existing in these pockets of population that are like obscure, like Boise, Idaho, like Boise, Idaho now is becoming this amazing yeah. tango spot mm-hmm. and they have their own tango bar. And I'm like, what? In Boise, Idaho? Yeah. This is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm just so excited about these things. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. So. Yeah, great. So, Elisaveta, I want to change gears a little bit and talk about your background as a visual artist. So that's not just something you do separately. You've actually combined the visual art medium with with Argentine tango. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it, it's something that's been developing ever since I started tango. Mm-hmm. And I in 2015, when I went to Buenos Aires for six and a half months, it was to do a project for an artist residency. Mm. And it was my impression that my purpose of going there was to work on this project. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Little did I know that my purpose was also to immerse myself in the dance of tango and that it was going to make such a profound difference, which has been the case in my, in my journey as an artist in general. Mm -hmm. um, Because I, I was trained as an artist. I have a master's in fine arts. I have a master's in art history. Mm-hmm. I was pursuing academically teaching art in universities and colleges. Mm-hmm. I have a gallery that represents my work. So I really identified myself as a as an artist, as a painter. And tango came in and and gave me this new path of a, of a dancer. And it took a really long time for me to even call myself a dancer or take take on that uh, definition because again it was like no dancers are the ones who are like dancing ballet on stage they get to call themselves dancers. Mm-hmm. I don't get to call myself a dancer mm-hmm. so it, it took a long time but what started happening gra- very very gradually is that I started realizing that there was a uh, a common denominator between the experiences of heightened blissful state of creativity that you know you can call it whatever name uh flow or Mm -hmm. you know this this state when you're you feel free and you feel creatively liberated Mm -hmm. i found that state in yoga Mm -hmm. i found that state in tango Mm -hmm. i found that same state in my art from time to time and it and it was it took a long time for me to study myself and kind of understand where the links were happening Mm -hmm. For a long time, dance and, and painting were kind of these two separate things. And then when the question of integrating them started coming into my consciousness, which started happening in Buenos Aires, because I was like, all right, obviously both have to be there. I have to be dancing and I have to paint, but I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. At that point, it was a really scary mm-hmm. prospect. Yeah, I, I felt completely uh, lost because I really wasn't seeing... Uh, an example of this anywhere else um, in art. I wasn't in in terms of the fine art world. Mm-hmm. And I really wasn't seeing examples of this in dance world either. Mm-hmm. So I started experimenting in different ways. Most of it had to do with my own kind of movement and dance work I do on my own. Mm-hmm. And I started doing a lot of video and and then I started playing with video in different ways to and, and the idea was to see my own movement mm-hmm. and perceive my own movement the way I perceive my process of painting. Because mm. I could tell that they were 
it, it's kind of like the ends of the same stick. Okay. But I, I, you know, I, I could see that the painting was an extension of my dance and my dance was somehow an extension of my painting, mm. but they were still far apart, you know? Mm. And so in the last, I guess, since I came back from Buenos Aires in 2015, it's just been, been this like slow, agonizing, scary process mm-hmm. of, of venturing closer and closer to bringing them into one process. So I kind of started getting more complete manifestations of this a few months ago when I moved to LA. So I moved to LA Mm -hmm. in June last year and uh, I started working with another uh, dancer here in the community who's a music producer, uh, Lynn Earls, with whom, you know, I'm working on this other project. Mm -hmm. And so she helped me produce a kind of a complete music dance video mm-hmm. where I combined in a more literal way images of my paintings with my movement mm-hmm. and so I found a way to start integrating them because I guess it's kind of like what I'm experiencing as a dancer mm-hmm. happens in this very amplified speed mm-hmm. you know I do a lot of dancing with my eyes closed and I Either I do a lot of solo dancing or when I dance tango, mm. I perceive things. There's sensations and colors and there's all this information that, that I perceive in my mind when I dance. And it's a lot of it is not quite visual, but there's maybe maybe like a sensation of after images. Uh-huh. But they're, they're really fast, you know. Right. And then when I'm painting, it's like super slow, right? It, it takes yeah. a long time to paint. Mm-hmm. And so in some ways, my struggle has been to basically be able to speed up to a certain level where things start moving in slow motion. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like to somehow to somehow find a way of observing and watching my movement in such a way that I can grasp things and and hold them in my attention for a bit longer. Mm -hmm. The same way in painting to kind of slow down to a certain extent. So that the painting becomes faster. Mm. So the, 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 this process of painting is perceived as a more complete follow-through of movement. Mm-hmm. And um, these two kind of uh, <laughs> struggles, you know, some, somewhere I'm like trying to find myself in the middle of this, right? right and right. Um, what's been helpful, honestly, the, the most recent development of, of my journey mm-hmm. has really been kind of a new level of tapping into the music. Mm-hmm. Because I, I kind of noticed when I started asking myself, like, yeah, I'm observing all these things, but I'm kind of not able to hold them in my awareness long enough to record it and, and to give, I don't know, to give some sort of form that I'm satisfied with. Yeah. Um, I started realizing that the thing that I rely on the most as a dancer, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that has become the thing that guides me through my journey, is the music. Mm-hmm. Like, the music is the common denominator, like, really... The music is like the the thing that hypnotizes my consciousness. Mm-hmm. And so I decided that I was going to rely on music as a foundational context to see how my paintings develop. Mm-hmm. So so that's what I'm working on now. I'm, I've started a series of paintings mm-hmm. where I'm listening to a specific orchestra as I'm working on a, each painting at a time. So there's only that orchestra for that session hmm. and i'm only responding to that and and it, of course i'm an abstract painter after having said all that mm-hmm. i'm an abstract painter so everything is 
Like, I don't know what is going to be happening ahead of time. I, I just have an impression, like, like Desarly, late Desarly to me, mm-hmm. looks blue for some reason. Okay. I, I see blue and I see darkness. And so that's my starting point. And then I just listen to Desarly mm-hmm. for however long I can handle it. And, you know, it's like there's, a, <laughs> yeah. there's only a certain time period that I'm observing that my mind can see stay with the, with a particular orchestra mm-hmm. before it becomes mundane. Okay. Right. It's like, it's, it's kind of interesting side effect of the music itself. Mm-hmm. Like it's interesting and it's unique, but there can be too much of it. Mm-hmm. And so usually, you know, I'll time it to where when I start fading out and I'm not really appreciating it anymore, then I got to move on. Mm-hmm. So in that way, my painting is kind of, I don't know that I like to think of it as, it's like I'm making up a system of movement that includes painting or something, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's like it's a tango of painting or I, there's more like a structure like tango. There's a safety in the structure. Yeah. There's a safety in knowing you can only go three different directions, right? right. You can go forward, back or side. That's it. Mm-hmm. And there's a safety there. And I think with painting, I've had to kind of develop that for myself and develop systems of almost like a systems of ritual or, or repetition that, would reflect me as as a as a de- as a dancer mm-hmm. you know so it's it's taken a long time okay so yeah so basically painting and video yeah. are the two extensions of my of my artistic process nice. at this point yeah so do you carry like a pad and pen with you when you're at a malanga in case something comes to you you can write it down or sketch it out you know i've tried that mm-hmm. i really have i've i've gone to milongas and i found that the two do not intersect it it really seems like going to milonga and observing and being there Mm -hmm. and and just really immersing myself in observing it takes up all of my consciousness like and it's the same thing that i've noticed as a dj i used to think like oh those djs who only dj and don't dance Mm -hmm. but honestly when i dj it's like all of my consciousness is not i cannot think of anything else and so i i think there's this demand Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way, um, for me, that when I'm like everything has its own place, mm-hmm. and the painting for me is this separate activity that does not necessarily at this point have a place in the milonga. Even writing things down, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have like written things down in Buenos Aires when I go to milongas. And at the time that I'm writing them down, I'm like, oh, my God, this is the most brilliant thing ever. And then I read it. I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> so I kind of decided, you know, just just be there. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, if something stands out, you can write it down mm-hmm. like that. You need to keep that if it's stuck around. But if you don't, it just needs to remain there okay. and it'll be there the next time you go. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's been my solution. Okay. <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah, so in our earlier correspondence, you, had, you said you had something exciting that's launching very soon. Would you like to tell us about that? Yes, and I, I'm, I'm super excited. It will be actually launching today in the next few hours, okay. I, I believe. So today is the 31st of, uh, as we're recording, of January. Yes. Uh, so by the time this uh, goes to air, it'll already be up. But it's great to get you in this moment when it's, when it's going live. Yeah. Yeah, it's super exciting. So I guess I'll, I'll just give a brief introduction okay. to the project. Last August, I was attending Las Mujeres Tango Marathon mm-hmm. in Seattle. And I was having a lot of conversation with 
a very repetitive theme. And the theme was that I was observing how amazing tango was that mm -hmm. I was observing. I was seeing all these people, my friends, and, and I just kept saying, you know, if people saw this, if see, people saw what I see, everybody would be doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I just picked up my camera and I ended up shooting some footage with this kind of very strict commitment to filming what I want to see. Uh, and I'm really into filming dance in general. Mm -hmm. So, so I did some footage and I did like a very simple edit. I made it black and white. I slowed down the motion and mm -hmm. I posted it to share with people. And I ended up kind of connecting with Lynn Earls over this. Mm -hmm. And we had many, many sessions where we were talking about this idea that's like, yes, if people saw this, if people really mm -hmm. got a chance to get a glimpse at what the tango roll was, people would be doing it. Mm -hmm. And so from that came an idea to do another project where we invited people to attend a little milonga at Lynn's house. She has a sound studio. Mm -hmm. And the project the, that night had like two intentions. We wanted to record. This was my personal vision. I wanted to record people's feet mm -hmm. while they were dancing without the music. Mm -hmm. So everybody had headphones in nice. and we recorded the feet, which was kind of this fantasy of mine for a few years. Mm -hmm. And then the second kind of uh, almost like in hindsight, it was just this like afterthought. Mm -hmm. We had this idea of having people come into the sound booth and sharing a quick testimony about why they got into tango, mm -hmm. what does it give to them on a daily basis, and why do they stay out all night long? What's what's the thing about tango that keeps them coming back? And at first it was going to be just this independent thing where if people felt like it, they were going to go and they were going to, you know, share mm -hmm. into the microphone. But then we realized it had to be an interview format. Mm -hmm. So I and Lynn ended up sitting with people throughout the night for about 10 minutes at a time and recording their testimonies. And as the night progressed, we became more and more awed at the magnitude of what we were stumbling upon. We just kept looking at each other going, oh, my God, yeah. this is huge, because every person had struck upon such a huge theme of the human condition. Right. And that tango was responding to that need. Mm -hmm. And it, there was so much variety. And there was variety in terms of like how people were using it. But the, the common denominators were the human connection, mm -hmm. the intimacy that people were receiving, the connection with other people, the friendships. You know, mm -hmm. meditation came up several times where people said, you know, I can't meditate. But when I dance tango, I meditate. Mm -hmm. So we sat on this for a little bit and decided to make a short film mm -hmm. where we took some of the testimony and layered it on top of that footage that I got in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And we produced a film called Social Tango. Mm -hmm. And as we were working on this film, I was mulling over this idea of wanting to create a platform that could be a content-driven platform that would reflect tango the way I see it. Mm -hmm. And I, my inspiration was really my observation of what happened to yoga in the 90s when I first started getting into it and how yoga went from this super obscure thing that hippies did mm -hmm. to suddenly it was everywhere, you know, practiced by everyone. People who don't even practice yoga might do yoga poses yeah. as part of their exercise regimen. Like, mm -hmm. how did that happen? Right. And I was like, you know what? Tango 
can totally do that. Mm-hmm. It's just ne- it needs to be seen. Mm-hmm. And so we came up with this idea of starting a website that it, the website is so tango, mm-hmm. social tango, so tango dot world, mm-hmm. my favorite part. Nice. So this website is going to be that platform where we are starting out as a, as a collective of artists, mm-hmm. we're calling ourselves. And right now it's just me and Lynn, but we hope to collaborate with other people. And it's dedicated to be kind of a portal into the world of tango to people who might not know anything about partner dancing or tango or what tango is about. So that's launching today. We're launching the website. um, And then um, the film, we've been screening it here in L.A. And I'll be screening it in Boise, actually, this weekend on uh, on Saturday at the Ocho's. Mm And we'll screen it a few more times, and then we're going to be posting it online on the website and hopefully making some more films. Like, all the testimony that we got gave us ideas that it's really, it would be fascinating to go to different places in the country or around the world and interview people yeah. and, and, and just get footage of people dancing tango, you know, just show the variety and the malleability and the... the, the adaptability of tango to different situations because mm-hmm. it, it really addresses some you know phenomenally difficult social issues mm-hmm. and, and and serves as a way to bring the community together and and anchoring people to a certain place and, and connecting people so i just feel like this is the most worthwhile goal i could commit to yeah. in terms of my creative capacity is to to show in beautiful ways in a way, it's like my, my aesthetic. Let's use the best cinematography techniques mm-hmm. and, and resources and creative potential to show regular people dancing. Right. Not like the professionals, but mm-hmm. the regular people in their whatever, in their 70s, mm-hmm. who came to Tango five years ago and they're busting it out at a milonga at 2 a.m. Show that, yeah. you know, because that's that's just super inspiring. And, mm-hmm. and people at large don't know about it. They think tango is the rose in the mouth right. and you, you know, have to wear heels and wear red dress. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what people think of tango. So right. so I'm out to change that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lynn has graciously joined me on this quest. And I hope I hope we find other people who are interested in doing things like that. Mm-hmm. So. Nice. Yeah. So, I, I, thanks I'm, for. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really glad you sent me the link to, to watch the film. And, and even though I've been dancing tango for a while, it made me excited to dance. You know, you look at this like, oh, yeah, all right, you know, I want to go, I wanna go dance actually, now. That's actually something I did not expect that I've heard several times <laughs> yeah. that a lot of people who watch it, mm-hmm. the thing that they say is that, well, number one, a surprise was one person said, you know, I've never thought of myself as a graceful dancer. Mm-hmm. I've never thought of, I've never pictured myself that way. So the possibility that I am that makes me excited. Yeah. And then, and then that led to like, wow, I, I, I actually want to go dance now. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> yeah. I just thought, my God, that's such brilliant. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Cause really like, I'm not choreographing anything. I'm just, I'm just being a fly on the wall watching yeah. what is taking place. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so special about tango to me, that it's not like, it's not a huge production. It's just people being people mm-hmm. and enjoying being together, like simple. And uh, I just want everybody to be doing it yeah. all the time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, so why don't you give us that URL again? 
So the URL is sotango.world. Sotango.world. And if people are interested in my own work, mm-hmm. they can look me up. But it's my website is just my last name, mm-hmm. which is nurseseva.com. Okay. And people can check out what I'm doing on my own. All right. On my own free time. <laughs> great, great. Yeah, and I'll have all those all that information in the show notes so people will be able to Thank check you. out the sites and check out your artwork as well. And you also have artwork for sale on your site, I understand. Yes, okay. yes. And that's really exciting because people can order prints of my work mm-hmm. and they can print it on whatever surface. Nice. Printed whatever size. And so that's, that's super exciting to me because I... It just means that I can share my work with more people. Yeah. So it's fantastic. Great. You can decorate your place or so. send it to an artistic friend. That's as a right. Gift. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can live inside my tango mind. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's great. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah. It's, thank it's you. It's a real treat to be able to share. All right. Well, thank you so much, Elisaveta. Hope to meet you in person sometime soon. Yes. I hope so too. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay. That was fun. And it's exciting how she's combining other visual art forms to help express the love of tango. So after going through our conversation again, I really liked Elisaveta's view on tango and how there are generally two types of tango fans. There are those who really immerse themselves in studying the form and movement. They go to Buenos Aires and they really get deep into the mechanics and they devote a good portion of their lives to understanding tango on that level. I know this describes a good number of you out there. And then Elisaveta describes the other camp. Those who are just as passionate about tango, but really seek the dance because it it brings joy. It brings health benefits and meaningful social interactions. And I figured this describes the rest of you listeners. So we shouldn't feel as though anything's wrong if our tango goals are significantly different from someone else's. Like Elisabetta said, tango is malleable in this way. We can mold it to fit our lives in any way that we need. And when we were discussing the topic of bad habits, I really appreciated how she cautioned us to avoid tying our enjoyment of tango to specific expectations. We have to take personal responsibility for having a good or bad time. If we feel we can only have fun if we get a certain number of dances or only if certain people ask us to dance, then we're putting our happiness entirely on external factors. And those factors will control us. That's bad. Don't give your power away. So thank you again, Elisaveta, for taking the time to share your story and your insights. And good luck with all your upcoming projects. And thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, as well as other platforms. And if you have yet to leave a rating and review, please go ahead and do so. It only takes a second and helps a lot. This podcast will always be free, but to help keep it going, I'm accepting donations, which can be made securely over PayPal. You can find the donation link in the description and also on the podcast page of my website. Okay, that wraps up another episode of Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.